Welcome back to another episode of the Granny Shot Mock Draft. This is going to be episode number three, which means pick seven, eight, and nine. On the clock is the Pistons, the Knicks, and the Wizards. Again, if you haven't listened to one of our other episodes, the way that this works is each of us is going to have one pick. We will own that pick. The other two folks here, Don, Delco, myself, we will try to convince that one person who owns the pick who's acting as the GM, who we think it should take, because ultimately this gets consolidated into one granny shot mock draft. Let's take a bit of a review into who's been taken thus far. We definitely have some surprise picks, but again, the idea here is we are acting as the GMs. This is who teams should take, not what we think will happen. Uh, So a, a lot at stake for our reputation here in the future down the line. But Recap, number one pick in the Granny Mock Draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves take Okongwu. The the Warriors at number two take Killian Hayes. The Hornets at number three take LaMelo Ball. The Bulls at number four take Anthony Edwards. Number five, Cavaliers take James Wiseman. And at number six, Devin Vassell goes to the Hawks. On the clock, we've got the Pistons. Delco's owning the Pistons pick. Delco, where's your head at? All right. That that really is an interesting mock. I, I stand by it, but I'm sure we're going to get torn to shreds at some point down the line. But it feels good hearing it right now. So moving forward to the Pistons. The Pistons are pretty interesting. I think that they might have the the biggest lack of identity of all the teams that we've chosen thus far. I don't think the Pistons really know who they are. They have a lot of expiring contracts. It's basically... Blake Griffin cashing massive checks from the bench. Derrick Rose is a feel-good story for the fact that he's still a decent NBA player. And beyond that, I guess Luke Kennard and Seko Domboya is interesting young prospects. Beyond that, I'm not really sure who they are or what they're trying to do, and I'm not sure that they are either. Uh, Christian Wood is, of course, blossoming a little bit, but I'm not sure that he fits their timeline. I'm not sure that they resign him for the value that I think he's going to be looking to get. So it seems almost like a blank a blank slate here, and I don't think they're necessarily drafting for a need or any spe- specific position. But on the other hand, I think if Blake Griffin stays healthy, D Rose stays healthy there's a chance they could actually, you know, make a run for that, for that eight seed. So um, I think everyone on this roster is movable. Um, I think they're not really sure what, what their plan is, but at the same time they could end up being competitive in the East if everyone stays healthy. So I think a good way to kind of do have a win-win, whether they're healthy or whether Blake gets hurt and and they end up kind of throwing this season away is a a future playmaker, a building block, uh, to go with into the future and to kind of build around regardless of the situation going on um, around him. And I think if I'm the GM of the Pistons, I'm going with Tyrese Halliburton for this pick. He's a really good all-around point guard. He's a solid playmaker right out of the box. If the Pistons stay healthy, then I think he can help them compete and be a solid uh, guard alongside Derrick Rose. If not, I think they have a solid piece uh, to build around for the future. His upside isn't necessarily very high, but he seems like a a pretty sure thing to be a a strong starter in the NBA for years to come. 
and I think for the Pistons, it's a it's a pretty good pick to to start rebuilding their identity that they don't really have right now. I I agree with you that the the Pistons are a blank slate. Uh, Blake Griffin. I don't think anybody wants that contract. I don't even think the Pistons want that contract right now. I think the only two people on their roster right now that they're even considering keeping past 2022 is Luke Kennard and, and Suko, like you said, unless they resign Christian Wood, but that's to be determined. Uh, I, I think they got to go best available. And I think the best available is Denny Avija. I don't even really think it's that, that much of an argument. I think it's kind of shocking that he's slipped to number seven in our, in our mock draft and maybe even farther. But uh, you said you want playmaking. I see playmaking, however, and I see more playmaking in Denny. Um, I also see more upside in Denny. And so with a blank slate, I, I think Denny is a much better pick than Tyrese at this spot. I like the Tyrese pick. I, I do see where your head's at with that one for sure. Like we've talked about, they are going to have to reface that franchise coming up here soon um, and have a lot of decisions to make with that. With the front court and the back court, I mean, you're talking about only two players technically signed on going into 2021 2022 at this moment it's funny i I was there's three names that really come to mind obviously denny denny is one of them tyrese is the other and then the one that ryan doesn't like is ob toppin um you're looking for someone that can immediately come in and start scoring points i think that's someone that they would definitely be intrigued in Um, especially if they're able to move that blake griffin contract and uh, move him to a player that or a team that's competing right now like the golden state warriors i know that's been talked about that's always a potential, but uh, with Denny on the board, I'll probably lean to say he's the the best option, the best viable option. But I, I agree again as as how he has slipped this far. I'm not sure. That's our that's all of our doing. But he probably the the highest uh, ceiling left on the board. So go ahead and take Toppin off. I'm not I'm not going to go with him here. Toppin sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'm not. I don't think he's as bad as Ryan thinks he is, but I, I don't like the fit here. For for Blake, I I'm almost positive they're trying to get rid of him. I'm just not sure how they'd be able to do that. There were talks about the Warriors and the Pistons swapping picks here and swapping the Wiggins and and Blake contract, which I think if the Warriors feel that that helps them win now, that could be a, a good uh, decision for both teams, and then the Pistons can snag more of a, a higher ceiling type guy like Edwards or Ball there. But since we're not doing trades and we're picking as is, I think I want someone who, who can kind of both help uh, down the road and, and also be a strong fit now. And I think Denny is the better prospect, but I see Halliburton fitting in better this year if Why? They, they end up remaining healthy. Why? Well, I think they need a, a playmaking guard, first of all, to play alongside D. Rose. I know Denny can play that role uh, potentially, but I, I think that Halliburton can also space the floor out of the box much. And by out of the box, I mean like, you know, the second he hits the practice courts better than Denny can. And I, I think mean, that's right something. Now, yeah. yeah, I think that's something that if the Pistons are fully healthy and they're actually winning games, they, they need some floor spacers there. So and you're I, you're you're the Pistons GM though, right? And so this isn't about what we think the Pistons are doing in terms of direction. Who do you, what would you do if you're the GM? Do you want to try to win this year if you're the Pistons? Because if I'm the Pistons GM, I'm looking at this roster and I'm like, there's no fucking point in me trying to win this year. I'm taking the guy that's best available. So if I'm a GM, 
and again, I still think we need to have a separate episode about this. I'm I'm never going in with the idea that okay, we're gonna suck. Let's let's tank because we could say that about the Hornets, the Cavs. It's not about tanks. The Knicks. We could say that about so many, so many. It's not about it's not about tanking. It's about who's the best available right now. Maybe Halliburton makes us slightly better this season than Denny would, but you know, after this season, we the only contract left in our books is Blake Griffin, which we hopefully won't have anymore, and Siku. Right. So yeah. You're, then you're building around Halliburton instead of building around the best player available after one yeah, season. And and I think that's where you have to to align on where you feel, you know, Denny's ceiling is versus Halliburton's. And I think Denny's is probably a little bit higher, but honestly I just see I, I see them as both good options at it kind of different positions and different skill sets and I see them as, as pretty similar. I know I've heard a lot of good things about Halliburton beyond his skill set. I've heard a lot of good things about the way he carries himself on the court and the way he um, interacts with teammates. And I think he's a great type of guy to choose to, to start rebuilding a culture and rebuilding an identity. I think that's important and something that doesn't necessarily always come up in the scouting reports. And you know, I just think they're both really good players. And in this particular circumstance, even if Denny might be a little bit better overall, I'm taking a guy who I view, you know, similar uh, similar ceiling, similar floor, even if Denny's might be a little bit higher, but, but the better fit. And the better cultural personality fit, too, I think. I think he'll come in and um, and make a stronger impact on on the culture where Denny's a younger guy. But what what culture are they building if there's only if there's nobody on the roster? A, a positive culture, a hardworking culture. I, I don't know. I think I think it just makes sense for the for the Pistons to take him. And I don't see Denny as that much stronger of a pro- prospect. I think people are kind of acting like he's this sure thing, also, but. He could also come in and be Dario Saric, who's a solid NBA player, but certainly nothing special and, you know, nothing that's like a guaranteed, oh, we need to take this guy and he's going to be a, a game changer. He has a high ceiling, but I don't think he's a sure thing either. And so when it comes to, you know, this level, I'm always the best available guy too, especially in a situation like blank slate with the Pistons, but I don't see Denny as the clear, obvious, best available in every single way. I see him as maybe slightly better in a vacuum, but I like the Halliburton fit here for the Pistons. So I'll maybe give a little bit more time to hear any additional thoughts, but I'm still leaning Halliburton here. I like, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have any problem with that. He's a high character guy, uh, intelligent IQ, probably the best, probably one of the best shooters in the draft for sure. Uh, he would fit, probably fit well with Luke Kennard, assuming that they're trying to keep him again. The biggest question mark, I think into Ryan's point is that, we don't know what this team is even doing and who, what their identity is. So if you want to, Ryan's point is building the franchise off a higher ceiling player like Denny is probably more advantageous. Um, I, again, I like Tyrese a lot. I probably would take Denny here though, just knowing where they stand on the salary cap. If I'm, if I'm looking at my salary cap and what the uh, potential moves are with that team, with Blake Griffin gone and what we're looking at in 2021 to 2022, I don't Tyrese isn't going to be in my opinion that player that will help my team more tremendously than Denny and I think again because Denny is 
probably the most experienced player coming into the draft at just 19 years old with his time in Euro. I think he's going to make a better impact. And again, high character for sure for Tyrese, but let's not downplay um, Denny's experience and his leadership because, again, he's I think he's the most experienced player coming into this draft. I just like I get the the Denny upside and I get his abilities and his feel for the game, but you know he he can't shoot either, and he shot fifty six percent from the free throw line since I think two thousand seventeen, and you know people don't really talk about that either. You know you hear all these comparisons and and all this upside, and there's downside with Denny too that I think people are kind of ignoring and. If I'm if I'm a GM, I think somebody in our Granny Monk draft is going to get a great is going to get fantastic value since Denny has fallen this far. I think we've made pretty strong arguments for him going to some of the earlier teams. I think he could make a lot of sense on someone like the Warriors. But honestly, Denny just isn't that guy. Like if if Edwards is sitting here with the Pistons, obviously I'm saying yeah, go for the upside, take a swing for the fences. I don't see that same upside, and I also the, the risks of his shooting scare me. And so I want Denny to be kind of a plug and play on a team with a lot of talent around him and see if he can develop that shot. But I don't, I don't necessarily want to rely on him and assume he's going to become this star just because of the skills that he has. So um, Halliburton is a much, much better shooter from the get go with, you know, smaller body, but similar skills overall as well. Uh, Halliburton's form is a little weird, which I want to mention. I don't think that shot's perfect. I think he could struggle with his form in the NBA. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of a a longer, lower release that could cause him problems with the bigger bodies out there. But but regardless, he's able to shoot threes efficiently while bringing some of the other skills that Denny has and maybe a little bit less upside. But I still see the upside with Halliburton, and I see him as you know, kind of in the Okongwu level of a pretty sure thing um, to be an NBA player for a while. So, yeah, it sounds like, I, you know, you know, it sounds like, I, you know, I, that guy. I hate it. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> I, I like Halliburton. I, I really do. But like, I just, I don't, I guess, I, I guess my point is I hate your argument. Like, I think, I, I hate think you. That, <laughs> that's fine. I like, I think that Halliburton is going to be a solid NBA player. I, I don't doubt that at all. I like him a lot. I, I hear you about Denny not being able to shoot, but like that's like the number one complaint about every single person coming out of college and coming out of high school. Is, oh, can he shoot? Like every single star has that question mark. Do they all shoot fifty six percent from the free throw line? That, that, he's got good form. I'm really not worried about that at all. I'm sure he's going to be a fine free throw shooter. His form's a whole hell of a lot better than Halliburton's, but Halliburton seems to go in, but he's also got you know, more years under his belt too. I just think that you have to take the guy with the bigger upside here. If you're the Pistons, because they're starting on a blank slate. And to me that the clear upside is the six, nine guy that can play the one through the four pass the ball. And if his worst efficiency right now is shooting a lot of players improve their shot over the years in the NBA, then it's, it's just obvious to me that, that the Pistons should take a swing there. I see Tyrese as more of a plug guy. I, I think he'll end up being a, a solid player on a contending team eventually down the road, but I, I I don't really see the upside in building around him. Well, I see I see a higher floor. I see upside. I see a, a safe pick. 
uh, I see a building block for a legitimate. Yeah, you're making the safe pick. That's, yeah, that's the point. Pick. Yeah. You're making the safe pick, not not. And, and I don't see Denny it, when you're talking about upside. I don't see this massive upside that's game changing. I see a, a potential all star upside, and I think you, I'm. I think I'm. It's it the more I talk, the more I want Halliburton here, and the more I, I think Denny's is great, and I do see the upside, and I see what you're saying, but I just don't think this is where he should go i think you can make arguments for earlier and later but i I don't like the fit on the pistons so i think this is like the perfect slot for him but all right <laughs> make your pick I, I i think this is a bad pick with the seventh pick Tyrese halliburton with the seventh pick in the granny shot mock draft the pistons select tyrese halliburton let's mark it down into our granny shot consensus draft there even though we valiantly fought against it Put it down in permanent marker, baby. Ryan Let the records that. show that Delco made the pick, not Don or Ryan. I'm either going to look like a genius or like a complete idiot a couple years down the line, like Okongwu, Halliburton. Who is this guy? I like Halliburton. I, I have the Knicks yeah, pick right now, and I was going to take Halliburton for the Knicks. I thought that that, oh. fit was, I thought that fit was great. I think it makes a lot more sense for the Knicks than it does a blank slate Pistons team. So we're moving on to the Knicks. I own the Knicks pick. pick wait, wait, eight. wait, wait. So the Pistons are blank slate, but the Knicks are... Nah, the, you, I think your very first point when you started talking about the Pistons is that they probably have no identity than anybody else in the draft. Like, Let's let's rewind to that point because I think you said that word for word. Yeah, I did. And I'm not the denying The Knicks that. absolutely have some... But, some, but, but they the have Pistons... Keith- the Pistons could also legitimately make a run for like a six seed if everyone stays healthy this season only, and that's it. It's debatable, but let's, let's move on to the Knicks. All right, so the Knicks, we've got a young team, train wreck of a franchise. You've got uh, R.J. Barrett, who will be coming back for a second year, had a decent rookie season. You've got Julius Randle on a on a big contract. I don't think really anything's going to. No one's really thinking much of that. I doubt they resign him at the end of that. But who knows? It is the Knicks. Um, and aside from that, they've got a lot of young guys, right? They, they do have a lot of cap space opening up in 2021-2022. But look, the Knicks have way more young pieces than a team like the Pistons, for example. But I still don't think they're in any position to draft for fit unless it was. Oh, like a point guard that I think they're desperately going to need, which is why I would have liked Halliburton here. I pretty much already know my pick. I'm going Denny. It's best available, and I don't think he can pass him up at number eight. Um, yeah, I I think Denny would probably be. I'm gonna stay on the uh, actually the Ob top and train here. I think Denny or Ob um, are two just potential options you can have for sure. I know Ryan. I mean Ryan hates Ob, so I won't even make the argument. Uh, so Denny's gonna be. Don't waste your time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna waste my time on that one. But Denny's going to be the best available, and I agree. Uh, just like the Pistons, just like a lot of these teams, honestly, in this like, in the first ten slots of the draft, besides the Golden State Warriors, a lot of them need to draft for best available. Uh, and it's never, I think, these these past two teams we've done, especially with Detroit going into in two years, they're going to have no one on that team besides two players, um, and maybe even just one player. And then the New York Knicks obviously are just a a trash can. So Denny's going to be best available. I think he is the clear pick here. I won't try to change your mind on that one. 
I, I also want to be clear. I, I don't love the fit here, right? Because RJ Barrett and Denny are, are in my mind, a little similar. They're both, you know, oversized ball handlers that can create plays, but they have the the shooting deficiencies right now. Um, I think both of them have room for improvement from shooting perspective. But then on the other, on the flip side, you've got two six eight guys that can handle the ball, defend well, switch a lot, and play the one through four. So I think that that's a positive for them in that sense. But I, you know, I don't love the fit. But again, the Knicks are in no position to draft on fit. Yeah, I agree with all that, and I I'm not going to argue Denny against Denny too hard here. I will argue against Obi Don. I don't. I think he's. It's realistic that he goes here if he falls this far. The guy who scouted Obi is now involved with the Knicks, and I know Obi's also just. I know we've been talking a lot of trash about Obi. He's he's a, a great cultural fit. I think he's going to come in ready to work. He's got his defensive deficiencies, but I think he could be a, a solid fit for um, a team where he makes a little bit more sense. I don't think the Knicks are it. The the Knicks are absolutely a dumpster fire, but they have a couple. I should say they have a diamond in the rough here with Mitchell Robinson. He's clearly going to be a defensive stud kind of go bear vibes he could he really could be a all nba defense type center for years to come and he's on his rookie contract through 2022 so i think the knicks are a a realistic candidate to trade up into the top three uh maybe giving up mitchell and uh, switching picks with someone in the top three i also think that they're an absolute realistic candidate to trade for russell westbrook how that changes what type of fit they're drafting for i'm not sure but i think that's definitely a realistic possibility that they might be uh, discussing as we speak actually regardless that would be fun that would be fun i think new york desperately needs some excitement a lot of people don't like russ and we can talk more about that in another episode because of that contract and his athleticism and age but I think it could be re- really fun for the Knicks, but regardless, I think Denny could make make sense here, and he's just he's just too good to have fallen this far. I know I just made arguments against him, but if he's sitting here at at the Knicks pick, I think they they have to take him. Yeah, so it sounds like really no giant arguments there. The the one guy that I also considered here, not not really considered when Denny fell this far, but someone that I like, and I I, I was looking at the Knicks thinking, you know, if if they if there's not an obvious best available here, they should probably go point guard. And I like Terrell Terry a lot. I think he would be someone that could come in and play, play off the bench while the Alfred Payton contract kind of winds its way out over the next year. Same with Frank um, and DSJ. So that was another guy that I was like, I was considering. I do like him. I think he's, uh, he's somebody that would probably end up going somewhere in our mock draft here, not not in the too distant future, but that was another guy that I looked at. Yeah, I like him too. I, I brought him up for the Hawks, and I know, Ryan, you said that wasn't a good fit. I think he's put on some size. I think he's going to be a, a much better NBA body defender than people are giving him credit for right now. Dane said he was going to go in the second round, <laughs> but I, I like that. I like Terry, and I like that fit here too, but I just don't think they're going to consider it with Denny on the board. I, like, I, mean, I, I think, like he's, I think he's got... I think he's got a year or two of, of NBA strength and conditioning before he's he's ready, but I, I think he's got the frame to to get there. I think I read he put on like twenty five pounds of muscle since the quarant- <laughs> since the quarantine. Seriously, Ster- steroids. Like steroids. Yeah. He's been going hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just my with Tyra. I won't get 
too deep on Tyrell, but he, uh, I don't expect him to go until um, the bat, like very, very late in the draft. He's he's a huge question mark in my opinion. I'll be bringing him up a few times before we get to the yeah, to the lottery. Same. But I think Delco and I are on the same uh, same wavelength here. On- I love I, I love six three one seventy cards. You know when you gain that much weight too, it can affect. So your- you love Steph Curry? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It can affect your. your Did you just compare Tyrell Curry right, to Steph right, Curry? All right. I just said six three one seventy guards. You're shitting on six three one seventy guys. Yeah. If they can, yeah, if they can shoot from the other free throw. Then yeah, that works out. I mean, that is that is Terry's strength. He can uh, okay. He's unlimited uh, 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 yeah. best shooter in the draft. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's clearly yeah a, a broke. I'm not a broke man. Steph Curry is still a strong NBA asset. You guys and also just be. And he's got multiple years to grow into his body. Steph didn't come out of college until his junior year. Tyrell's coming out after his freshman. Now, I'm not saying I do not want to be put on. No one say Ryan is c- comparing Terrell Terry to Steph Curry as if he's going to be he Steph just Curry. Did. But like, if it's like you're looking at like player comparisons, it's not a terrible player comparison. Yeah, his defense is his defense is questionable. His finishing's terrible. His rebounding doesn't exist. Like you're literally just going. Like, why would you draft? We'll get to him. We'll get to him later in the podcast, but. There's a lot that he needs to develop. Clearly, we're going to have to convince Don if we bring oh, that yeah. name up. Yeah, All right. for sure. So we're, we're done with the Knicks pick. That was an easy one. But, you know, the Knicks will probably fuck this up somehow and pick someone that we've never heard of. But with the eighth pick in the granny mock draft, the New York Knicks uh, select Denny Avdia. Um, I love that pick. I love Denny. I'm excited to watch Denny play. Yeah, it's a solid so, pick. Let's move on. We've got the... Number nine pick for the Washington Wizards. Don, you own the the Wizards pick. The Wizards are an interesting team, mostly because John Wall hasn't played in two years and he's supposedly coming back this year. So I could see them going a lot of different ways, kind of depending on what they think their future is with John Wall. Yeah, definitely. One of the more exciting teams, I think, that we've talked about uh, today, for sure. Bradley Beal, one of the best players in the NBA, um, only 27 years old, absolute stud. They have him for a long for a long time same thing with john wall at the end of the day after hearing um their gm speak it, d- it definitely sounds like they're going to be trusting in, in john wall and bradley beal and those are the two pillars that c- they're going to work around there's really there's one player isaac okoro who i'm taking at this pick uh defensive stud if anything the wizards were were really hampering on defense last year yeah, i think they definitely were one of the worst defensive teams and they did not have um a great squad obviously but Akuro comes in he's an immediate fit for that team um can really stretch the floor and uh I, yeah i like him i mean there's you'd have to convince me otherwise not to take him with the players left on the board all right so I, i'm gonna say that isaac Akura for the wizards for me on, on my mock draft was also number one um i i like the fit there i am gonna make an argument as well though for for a point guard here Despite what you said around the GM putting putting their faith in in John Wall, I, I I do think that they could go back up point guard and just start developing the point guard of the future in the Wizards right now. And for that reason, I like Terrell Terry also here. I also like I also like Cole Anthony here as well. I think oh, he's gross man. I think he's oh. very underrated in this draft. You know, it pains me to say that as someone that's not a UNC fan, but. 
Yeah, no, I, I think Cole Anthony is underrated here. I think he could come in and, and be a, a solid backup point guard right away and, and perhaps be given the cues whenever John Wall ends up walking away, right? And same thing with Terrell Terry, right? Give him two years to, to bulk up and get used to the game while John Wall still has whatever's left in the tank. But again, right, that was my if Okoro is not here thought process. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't hate the Okoro pick, and and I, I do understand the fit. And if they're definitely chasing after a playoff spot, which it seems like they're going to do, then I think that that's the right choice. I, I don't hate the Okoro pick either. I'm thinking if the Wizards are all in on these two, which they, they do have to be, kind of, because of the investment that they made in them. And so they really have to hope that John Wall... <laughs> remembers how to play basketball i don't remember the last time he played but if that's the case then they're kind of in win now mode and akuro i think can come in right away and be a, a really good really versatile defender for this team but he won't be able to space the floor at all which i think will be a little bit important with john wall i i kind of agree with ryan's take on a backup point guard it gives you some john wall insurance um, I think there's uh, there's a few different ways they can go. Um, obviously, Terry, which Don isn't going to do. I think Cole Anthony is a, a potential sleeper, a lot of upside. I think Tyrese Maxey can make a lot of sense here. Um, I think he he can come in and, and be solid for them. And I I kind of like his I, I kind of like his abilities as a point guard. I think another player they could be interested in here is R.J. Hampton. It might be a little too high, but I think he can also come in and be a backup point guard slash backup shooting guard for this wizard squad. One name I want to bring up only because Don's picking here, seeing as the wizards are in potential win now mode, I think that Obi Toppin actually could make a lot of sense here for them. I think he could step in on day one and be a starter on this team and take some of the scoring pressure off Bradley Beal and potentially John Wall if he comes back. And I think of all the teams that are going to be picking Obi in the first round, you know, a lot of the scouts and the experts have him going top five, top seven. I think the Wizards can see some value in him. I think he's not nearly as bad as Ryan thinks he is. I think he he has a lot of offensive versatility I think he has a really great attitude, and I think the Wizards could actually be a decent landing spot for him. Yeah, see, I just don't want a worse defense. With yeah, worst why, why would the, the worst de- one of the worst defenses in the league take one of the worst defenders in the draft? Yeah, that's why Okoro for me is like almost a lock because he's one of he's probably the best defensive player left on the board. And you guys are talking about Tyrell Terry and Cole Anthony; those aren't players that I'm touching in the top twenty. Like you are taking huge leaps on those players, and I get it. It's probably a draft to do it, but I don't see. I mean, Tyrell Terry. Like, this is we're not even done with the first ten picks yet. Like, you guys are out of your mind trying to talk about them. There is three three players I was deciding here: uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Patrick Williams, and Isaac Okoro. There's two better. I think Halliburton would have been a nice fit talking about a, a point guard shooting guard that could um, help develop under that, under that regime, which is wall and Beal. Uh, Patrick Williams is still one that I considered heavily, but I like the future that they have established with their team with Thomas Bryant. It sounds like they're really, he was a breakout player last year wanting um, like yearning a little bit more during the bubble play, but same thing with Rui. And I, I like both those players again. Like I keep talking about their GM. If I'm the GM, I definitely like both those players. I need to see more this next season. 
but I, I loved what I saw last season. Moritz Wagner is a super intriguing one for me. He had highlights. I don't know. He's not going to get a lot of playing time, but he's a good player. And so, again, I look at the position and what they really need, and if they are going to compete, which they will, like a healthy a healthy Bradley Beal and a healthy John Wall, even though it's very rare, it's scary to play against in the playoffs. Um, and it's, for, it's dangerous for any team to play against. And I think Isaac Okoro, for the reasons we've said, right, very, very strong defense, um, immediately can come in and bring nice energy to the team. He has a lot to work on offensively, but I think that team already has a lot going on offensively that they could use a player like him who's really just going to bring a lot of energy and defense to a team that that solely needs that, right? They need a defensive mindset player and um, some more energy. So you guys got any, uh, any other reasons why yeah. I should take Tyrell Terry? <laughs> yeah, no, I've got... I think Pat Williams isn't someone I brought up, but I think he makes a lot more sense here than Akuro. I think Akuro is, you know exactly what, what you're getting and you just have to hope that the the shot develops, which I don't have a lot of confidence necessarily that it will. Pat Williams, I think maybe you lose a little bit on the defensive end from day one, but I think you get that sh- that shooting ability, that shooting upside. And from what I'm reading about Pat Williams his ceiling is is just as high, if not higher, than Okoro's. And I'm hearing rumors about him going as high as four. I doubt that'll happen, but it's a, it's a possibility. And I think he's got a similar ceiling and can slip in on day one and help the Wizards compete if Wall and Beal can both stay healthy. So I'm, I'm hoping that you, you take Williams over Okoro here now that you brought him up. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But I, I do agree. I li- I mean, I love Patrick Williams. I've said it on other draft things. I do like Patrick Williams a lot, just from a an as-need basis. And I, I do agree. I think Patrick Williams has a higher ceiling. But I also think the rumor mill has run with him in the offseason. I think he's a gr- great upside. I think he's gotten a lot of hype uh, just in general, right? The, the dominoes started falling and rumors about him and how high he will go and what his potential is. And they've really run with it. Um, and while I admittedly was part of that train and I kind of still am because I see tremendous upside, I think I look at the, the Wizards and they're spending so much money, they have to try and compete. And Patrick Williams is going to take a little bit more time to develop. I think, again, Isaac Okoro is a fantastic player. I think he's a nice long-term prospect. Um, very little downside to his play. And again, from an offensive standpoint, they have so much offensive capability on that team. They're not really going to rely on him that much. And he can score. He can shoot and he can score. But um, he is the clear pick to help them make a playoff run this year if everyone's healthy. Wait, do you say Okoro can shoot? Yeah, I mean, he can shoot. No, no. He can't oh, he shoot can. at all. He can't shoot. Okay. Like at all. That makes sense. But elite defensive capabilities for sure. And I think underrated playmaking abilities. I think he can actually take it to the hoop and he doesn't have that tunnel vision. He'll kick it out. So definitely some, some upside, but I, I think that that shot is going to be an issue, but even someone like MKG, you know, can, can come in and have a strong role like what he did with the Mavs. So I think, um, I don't, I don't hate the pick. I think I'd go Williams here, but I don't hate it. I'm wondering if any of us are ever going to (laughs) convince someone to switch picks. It hasn't happened so far. I really don't hate the, I mean, I don't, I see why, like, I see your shooting problems with a curl, but I mean, anyone who shoots over 50% in college, 
I'm definitely taking 100% Isaac Okoro for this team. They 100%. Need, 100%. They need the defense. <laughs> I think he, he fits in well. They already have a nice a nice front court and back court. Um, they don't they don't need any really a fill another position. I mean, they have the guys on the books. Um, it is going to be questionable going into 2022, but right now they're competing for a playoff championship and they need defense. That's that's what they need. So Isaac Okoro official. A playoff entry not a playoff championship but the wizards are nowhere close to a championship but no i i, I hear you i like the okara pick so with the ninth pick in the granny shot mock draft the washington wizards will select should select isaac okora out of auburn that completes our mock draft for today with pick seven eight and nine a little bit of a, a a recap the pistons are going tyrese halliburton at number seven the knicks are taking danny of at number eight and the wizards are taking isaac okoro at number nine it'll be topping still topping still just topping still on the board I'm, I'm sure somebody will somebody will take him here soon but we've got picks 10 11 and 12 coming up in our next episode the sun spurs and kings on the clock um guys any any comments on our upcoming episode or any final words on some of the arguments we had today I, I think this is the most apart we've been in any mock draft episode. I think there's a lot of controversy, but you know, it's locked in. Rules are rules. Yeah, I think we're going to be disagreeing a lot going forward, just because these teams are are becoming a little bit more um, specific into their needs. But a lot of them also have strong capabilities to to compete. So whether it's like the Hawks or the Wizards or the like coming up next, especially with the Suns, Spurs. I mean, the Kings are terrible, but you have some teams that have a lot of potential. And this is as we are independently acting as the GMs, what we see and think is the best fit is probably going to be a little bit different, right? Because it's not best available. It's like what we think. So I, I like it. I like the, the disagreements. I think it makes for a great conversation. Um, and it's also always nice to hear like what terrible opinions you two have. So. Yeah, I think it's going to get to your point. Uh, the longer it goes here, the the more likely we all have different thoughts and ideas on what people should do when the, the prospects aren't as uh, refined. So that that wraps it up for us today. Again, guys, we've got picks 10, 11, and 12 coming up in our next episode. Suns, Spurs, Kings. We'll each own one of those picks. We'll argue the same way that we did today. If you got any questions or any comments or want to make fun of some of the things that we said today, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Granny NBA or send us an email, grannyshotnba at, at gmail.com. You got it right. Let a boy. We'll see you next time, Granny Fanners. Oh.